ಉಪನಿಷದ್ಕಾರಿಕಾ So as usual there are some impatient people somebody asked in the class how long will it take how long will it take to complete it you know and the swami said uh, well the purpose is not to complete it as long as you are breathing mandukya will continue <laughs> similarly as long as we are breathing ashtavakra will continue now please join me repeat after me the verses we have done and then we'll go ahead chapter 15 verse 4 natvam deho na te deho natvam deho na te deho bhokta karta na va bhavan bhokta karta na va bhavan chidruposi sada sakshi ಚಿದ್ರೂಪಿ ಸದಾ ಸಾಕ್ಷಿ ನಿರಪೇಕ್ಷ ಸುಖಂಚರ ನಿರಪೇಕ್ಷ ಸುಖಂಚರ ರಾಗದ್ವೇಷೌ ಮನೋ ಧರ್ಮೌ ರಾಗದ್ವೇಷೌ ಮನೋ ಧರ್ಮೌ ನಮನಸ್ತೆ ಕದಾಚನ ನಮನಸ್ತೆ ಕದಾಚನ ನಿರ್ವಿಕಲ್ಪೋಸಿ ಬೋಧಾತ್ಮ ನಿರ್ವಿಕಲ್ಪೋಸಿ ಬೋಧಾತ್ಮ ನಿರ್ವಿಕಾರ ಸುಖಂಚರ ನಿರ್ವಿಕಾರ ಸುಖಂಚರ ಸರ್ವೂತು ಚಾತ್ಮಾನೂತು ಚಾತ್ಮಾನ ಸರ್ವೂತಾತ್ಮನಿಭವಿಸ್ಫುರತಿಯೇದ ತರಂಗಾಸಾಗರೇಂಗಾಸಾಗರೇತ್ವೇವೇವ now we shall go ahead eighth verse please chant up uh, chant after me 
Translation, have faith, my son, have faith. Never confuse yourself in this. You are consciousness itself. You are the Lord, you are the self, and you are beyond nature. Let's see what Bairam has to say. Have faith, my child, have faith. Do not be bewildered, for you are beyond all things, the heart of all knowing. You are the self, you are God. So here, Ashtavakra tries a different track. He says, there is another way. Forget your, uh, you know, the, the subtle reasonings of Advaita Vedanta, self, not self, consciousness and its objects, uh, the three states and discriminating the witness consciousness from the three states, you know, Jagrat, Swapna, Sushupti and the Turiya. Um, the five levels of the human personality from the physical, the vital, the mental, the intellect and the causal beyond that. All right, all that's very difficult, let alone bringing in, you know, as we did, bringing in Heidegger and Michio Kaku and string theory and all of that. It's natural to be bewildered with all of that. Forget it, he says. There is another straightforward way which will work right now. Shraddhaswatata Shraddhaswa. My child, just believe what I said. Just have faith on what I said, it'll work. You see, when I say there is a breakthrough, you keep, um, keep at it and there'll be a breakthrough, very clearly you will see that this is a fact. And one of the signs of the breakthrough will be, you will never be confused after that. It'll never go away after that. It'll remain effortlessly and so on. Now what happens is, all that sounds great, but I have seen the reaction of many people to that is, okay, that sounds good. Now what are you doing? I'm waiting for the breakthrough. <laughs> Again, we postpone it to the future. There is some remarkable, extraordinary event which is going to happen, I'm waiting for that. And it can happen. The thing is, it's not important. What is important is right here. And open and easy of access shining forth one way one a, a shortcut you is straight away have faith in this it works i mentioned earlier the modern non-dualist nisargadatta in mumbai who lived all his life in a slum in mumbai and fully uh, realized uh, somebody asked him how did you realize that you are brahman and he said 
my guru told me that i am brahman i believed him and i lived accordingly <laughs> that is the fine print <laughs> i believed him and i lived accordingly it does not take much of uh, technique also even i was just talking at breakfast this morning about how ramana maharshi makes the breakthrough just simply imagining what what would it be like when the body is gone when i'm dead and he suddenly realized that he is the atman sri ramakrishna you will find again and again he emphasizes faith in in the gospel of sri ramakrishna he says faith is the way he gives an example there is a big log of wood immersed submerged in a stream of water i guess that's how logging goes on and so that it is not lost there is a rope tied to it and one end of the rope is given to a man and the man can hold on to the rope and slowly follow the rope down till he gets to the log he can't see the log and the log is very big but the thin rope is enough to guide him back to the log which is submerged that rope is faith he says by faith it can be attained now when we read that we often we feel oh that's devotion bhakti he's talking about bhakti we are now in non duality but it works here also in the kathopanishad the first thing that uh, swami vivekananda liked kathopanishad for is the boy nachiketa and because he had faith he had faith shraddha so shraddha is a word which goes very deep it's something much more than faith it means uh, astikya buddhi that there is this ultimate reality it's there what these books say it's true i don't see it yet it's true not only that faith in oneself i can do it they realized i can realize too and i will realize in this very life this faith as you believe so you are and it works directly ashtavakra also says in another place whatever you believe if you believe yourself to be free you will be free this instant because actually you are free if you believe yourself to be bound you will be bound that is you will feel that you are bound shraddhaswata shraddhaswa i remember this funny story i had read somewhere it actually happened in vrindavan which is the place of devotion to krishna so there are many vaishnava orders of monks there but they are all devoted to krishna but there are other groups also including non dualists so this vaishnava monk thought enough of all this faith and devotion and love all this is all this is so, so not logical i want something based on reason and logic let me become a non dualist so he went to an advaita teacher and uh, said i want to learn advaita i have had enough of dualism and you no know, dualism and all that faith stuff so the advaita teacher said fine then the first thing in advaita is the fourfold qualifications to learn the fourfold qualifications please repeat after me memorize what are the fourfold qualification viveka the discernment between the ultimately real and the non real the, the permanent and the impermanent he says fine that i understand my krishna was also permanent and the world is impermanent i understand the difference vairagya this passion for the impermanent uh, and seeking after the eternal so that also fine i understand and then the next one is the sixfold discipline we need discipline in spiritual life 
shama repeat after me calmness of mind shama then dhamma control of the senses and then um, titiksha spiritual toughness fortitude putting up with all sorts of sufferings on the spiritual path and then shama dhamma um, titiksha uparati withdrawal from um, sensory engagement and enjoyment and then all of this the vaishnava monk was nodding yes yes all this it, it is in our path too and i am a monk also so i practice all these things then samadhana focus uparati then samadhana focus yes of course focus you have to focus on god you can focus i guess you're going to tell me to focus on the self fine then he says shraddha faith and the vaishnava monk immediately became furious what faith here too then in hindi he said to mere giridhar gopal kya dosh kiye the what harm what is the fault of my beloved krishna then in that path it's faith faith and faith and of course mumukshutvam the intense desire to be free yes faith here will work because it is true you make a firm determination i am brahman you don't have to make huge changes to your life right now but notice that i am brahman and hold on to this think that i am brahman live like this that i am brahman um one swami whose works are available in hindi only is one of the greatest uh, non dualist teachers in the 20th century in india swami akhandananda saraswati he was a great scholar a pandit a married man a pandit and he used to go around um, you know what is called bhagavat katha that he would go around different places and organize talks on the bhagavat which is basically uh, devotion knowledge also devotion stories of the avatars of vishnu stories of krishna very popular now he says how did he become a monk so he says that uh, he used to go every year to haridwar kankhal on the foothills foothills of the himalayas and he would organize a 10 day recitation of the bhagavat and there he would go and pay his respects to the the uh, you know the noted the esteemed monks of the place of monks so many monks and ashrams are there one specially bhikshu shankarananda there was a very radical non dualist monk bhikshu shankarananda his name was shankarananda uh, by the way one of our swami swami dhireshananda ji uh, he is to remain he was in kankal a very senior monk um, disciple of swami shivananda ji and he was very interested uh, in the wisdom of the monks in the himalayas so he would go around collecting it he would visit them write down what their teachings and he used to go to his bhikshu shankarananda and later he published a booklet about him also anyway so this pandit his name was shantanu so this uh, pandit shantanu he would go to this uh, bhikshu shankarananda and uh, Uh, he said one day i had this desire i i told him swami if, would i would it be all right if i recited the bhagavat to you the stories of krishna because he was hesitant this swami is all about i am brahman and there seems to be no trace of softness and you know sweetness and devotion in him but anyway i'd like to tell and bhikshu uh, shankarananda said yes you can tell me so every day he said i would finish my um, the bhagavat recitation for the public and then i would visit this monk who stayed on a, in a corner of a you know like a, like an ashram under a tree basically and his entire dwelling was a cot he would lie down on the cot 
an extreme non-dualist. You'll, you'll understand by this, the Swami was once asked, sir, you are a non-dualist, Advaitin. We always feel that non-dualists have lots of books, <laughs> surrounded by books. But yeah, you don't have any books. There's no books around you. Yeah. Where are your books? So Shankarananda said, oh, I have three books and I read them every day. What are those three books? Waking, dreaming, and deep sleep. Jagrat, Swapna, Sushupti. And I realized that I am the Turiya in which all of these appear and disappear. So these are my three books which I read every day. So to this Swami, the Pandit would go and recite a very devotional text. And on the last day, this is when my recitations were over and I was to, supposed to go back to my home in Uttar Pradesh. Uh, I went and bowed down to this Swami, recited as usual, and I was going to take leave of him. And I looked up, this austere monk, absolutely dedicated non-dualist, he had tears in his eyes. And uh, when I bowed down, and I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. He said, I have to give you something, Guru Dakshina. Something has to be given because you recited the Bhagavad to, to me. So come tomorrow early in the morning in that little hut on the bank of the Ganga. I will give you Guru Dakshina. So the Pandit said, all right. Next morning he went early in the morning and that monk Shankarananda was waiting for him on the bank of the Ganga. And then he went there, he pulled him close, sort of yanked him close and whispered into his uh, ears, Tattvamasi, you are that. Realize that you are Brahman, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. That's all. And then that Pandit writes that from that day onwards, he says in Hindi, Mera bhav chala gaya. the whole idea that I was a limited sentient being, this person, it went away just by hearing this. After that till today, I've never been able to think of myself other than as I am Brahman. Years later, he became a monk and one of the greatest teachers of non-duality. Uh, but his, all his books are in Hindi. In fact, the classic books, his best books are two sets. One is the set of the Bhagavatam in two big volumes. And one is the set of the Mandukya Karika in four volumes. The, all the classes which I give, a lot of it is drawn from his um, teachings. But see, he said it. And I believed him. And from that time onwards, I couldn't, I could never think of myself as a limited human being. Shraddhasva tata shraddhasva. Natra moham kurushva bho. Bho means, oh, addressing somebody. Oh, my child. Tata means my child. Oh, my child. Do not be confused on this, this point. Moham, delusion is of two kinds. One is impossibility and one is contrary. Impossibility is it's not possible. I am this little body, this creature of flesh and blood. What is this Brahman, infinite awareness, consciousness? And we were just hearing Satyam, Jnana, Manantam, Brahma. Infinite existence and consciousness is Brahman. Well, you might say, good for Brahman, but not me. Unfortunately, I am not that. You are that right now. You are not seeing this. This, this, is, this, is, this confusion is called uh, Asambhavana, impossibility. Do not fall prey to that. See through it clearly and see how I am Brahman. And the other one is contrary. Contrary tendencies means viparita bhavana, which means I sort of get it, but I continue to behave as a, and react to the world as a limited person. 
I am there. Others are there. These are good. These are bad. I like this. I hate that. I want these things in life. I want to give up those things in life. These are my projects in life. Uh, individual sentient being. I continue to behave like that. That is called the contrary tendencies. So these are the two types of moha, delusion. Do not fall prey to this. I have absolute conviction. I believe I am Brahman. It should be equal to I know I am Brahman. Then you will see, you be careful to see your behavior, how we think, how we speak, and how we behave falls in line with my understanding. Then what is it that we, we should have no confusion about? What is it that we are supposed to uh, believe, have faith in? He repeats it, we know. We all know Ashtavakra has only one message. Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. He puts it very beautifully. Jnana Swarupo Bhagavan Atma. Atma, the self. You. And God. Bhagavan. You are the same. How? How am I the same? Jnana Swarupa as pure consciousness. You are pure consciousness. God is pure consciousness. It is one and the same reality. This is a Mahavakya. Mahavakya, Aham Brahmasmi, I am Brahman. Tattvamasi, that thou art. Pragyanam Brahma, consciousness itself is Brahman. Uh, I am Atma Brahma, this very self is Brahman. There, Brahman and Jiva, Jiva Brahma Aikyam, the oneness, the identity of Jiva and Brahman are. Uh, um, so can we have the fans on? It's becoming rather warm, I think, here. Is it possible? Fan or the AC, whatever. Hmm. Do you feel it or is it just me? Little, little gone, huh? Yeah. Fan or AC, whichever, something will do. Jnana Swarupo Bhagavan Atma. Here, um, what is Mahavakya, the great saints? What is the definition? Definition is Jiva Brahma Aikyam, which talks about the identity of the sentient being and God, the individual being and the cosmic, the oneness. How can the individual and the cosmic be one? Impossible. How can one be equal to million? Impossible. But it's possible when you realize the individual is nothing but pure limitless consciousness. And God is also nothing but pure limitless consciousness. That sense they're equal. That is the technique by which we understood the Mahavakyas. If you have read Vedanta Sara, if you remember, Bhagatyaga Lakshana, Soyam Devadatta, this is that Devadatta, all those things we did, long discussions, all of that is packed into Jnana Swarupo Bhagavan Atma. Bhagavan, Saguna Brahman, Ishwara, God, whom we worship. Atma, you or I. They're the same. How are they the same? Jnana Swarupa. You are Jnana Swarupa. Bhagavan is Jnana Swarupa. Jnana Swarupa, pure consciousness. In that sense, they are the same. How can a bracelet and a necklace be the same? Even the names are not the same. One is bracelet, another is necklace. Even the shapes are not the same. They don't look alike. Even the use is not the same. Necklace you put on your neck and the bracelet on your, on your wrist. Then how are they the same? It is the same because 
It is the same gold which was at one time the bracelet. It has been melted down and the necklace you are wearing was the same gold which you were earlier wearing as a bracelet on your wrist. It is literally the same substance, same reality. So that reality here is Jnana Swarupa, pure consciousness. Swarupa Jnana, one more distinction. You have heard this again and again, but it's good to repeat. When I say Jnana, knowledge here, or consciousness, there are these two, dis this distinction we must be aware of. Vritti Jnana and Swarupa Jnana. Vritti Jnana, what is Vritti Jnana? That knowledge which is born of modifications of the mind. What is this modification? I haven't, I don't know. What you're doing right now is modifications of the mind. Vritti Jnana. You see something uh, that perceptual knowledge, the, these uh, eyes, the, uh, the, the visual system will dump that knowledge, that information in your mind. It will set up a ripple in your mind about the contents of what the eyes have bought from the world and presenting to you. That ripple is called Vritti. Any movement of the mind is called Vritti. Any thought, any memory, any perception, any idea, any feeling, all of that is vritti. It's just a movement in the mind. And each vritti has a content. These are called vritti jnana. And they come and go. And they are all different from each other. They are all about something. They have a content. All of this is lit up. Shining in it is the reflected consciousness in that vritti. That is called chidabhasa, reflected consciousness, reflected awareness. And what is it a reflection of? Jnana swarupa, pure consciousness. Repeating again, when you talk about consciousness or not, whatever word you use, knowledge, there is vritti jnana and swarupa jnana. Um, the mind modification-based knowledge and knowledge in itself or consciousness in itself, pure consciousness. So here he's talking about swarupa jnana, pure consciousness. Atman is swarupa jnana. This is the whole uh, uh, issue where uh, consciousness studies is stuck. When you say in consciousness studies, if you ask, what are you studying? What's your subject? Give me some examples of what you are studying. So all the examples they will give you are vritti jnana. So are they different? No, not really. None of this vritti jnana is possible without the swarupa jnana. Because that same consciousness is shining in and through that. Just as moonlight is not possible without sunlight. And in Advaita, you go further. Even the vrittis themselves, the mind itself, the body itself, the world which it captures, all of these are also appearances in consciousness. Of course, that's non-duality. Swarupa jnana. Jnana swarupa bhagavan atma. You atma are none other than the Supreme Lord, one and the same as jnana swarupa. Then dualistic schools will uh, um, kick, up a, they kick up a storm. Sacrilege, sacrilege. You fools, you are equating yourself with God. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent God. You little weakling, weakling born the other day, going to die tomorrow. Like you can be knocked out by one little scared, big, big people sitting there scared, wearing masks for a tiny little virus. You say, I am God. What can be more stupid than this? It's sacrilege, I tell you. Here you have to point out, notice in what sense you are saying. Atma only as pure consciousness and Saguna Brahman only as pure consciousness are one and the same. You're not saying that this individual person with two legs and two arms and uh, this person walking around here is God. That is, that is uh, megalomania of the highest order. 
get stories there of Ramdas. Um, so his brother was in a lunatic asylum because he claimed. So he went to visit his brother. By that time, he was this great teacher and all. So he had gone and he went to see his brother and his brother said, you know, it's so unfair. You say you are Shiva and every Shivoham and everybody bows down to you and praises you to the highest. What a great teacher. I say I am Shiva. Come and worship me. They lock me up. <laughs> Where is the fairness in that? Here is the distinction. The Ramdas replied, but brother, when I say I am Shiva, I mean that I am and you are and everybody else is. There is only one reality. Shiva alone is shining forth as this universe. When you say you are Shiva, you mean you, this particular person is Shiva and the world should come and worship you. <laughs> that is madness. This is enlightenment. Tvam prakriti paraha. You are beyond prakriti. See again how Vedantas are so useful. The first line of Vedanta, important line of Vedantasara, if you remember, Vastu Satchidananda Madhvayam Brahma, Agyanadi Sakala Jada Samuha Avastu. The reality is non dual Brahman, existence, consciousness, bliss. Starting from Maya onward, Agyana, ignorance downwards, everything, Maya and all its products down to this entire universe is unreal, is an appearance. And this is the, you know, Brahma Satyam Jagat Mithya. So, Vedanta Sa, that's the first thing, that's the central conclusion of Vedanta. Brahman is the reality, the world is an appearance. This is exactly what is being said. Tvam prakriti para. You transcend Maya, you transcend prakriti, you transcend ignorance. Here you see this ignorance, Maya, prakriti, if you take it as unreal, and that which transcends Maya, Brahman alone, that is real. You alone, that is real. You have Advaita Vedanta. If you take this Prakriti, Maya um, as not ignorance, but Prakriti or Maya as the power of Brahman. Yes, Brahman transcends Maya, but Maya is not unreal. It's the power of Brahman. Then you have Tantra, you have Kashmiri Shaivism. If you take them as two realities, you who transcend Maya, or, or Prakriti, and Prakriti is another reality, cooperating together, that is Sankhya. I'll repeat again, when he says, you are beyond Prakriti, you are the reality, like Vedanta Sara says, Prakriti and everything, Prakriti means nature. Nature and all her products are appearances in you, Advaita Vedanta, non-duality. You take that, that you are the reality, your power is Prakriti. You are Shiva, your power is Shakti. The power is not unreal. Sri Ramakrishna emphasized this again and again and again. That which is Shiva is also Shakti. What you call Brahman, I call Kali. Then you have Tantra, Kashmiri Shaivism, Shakta Dvaita. These are different systems. They all say the same thing. I mean, in principle. I can, I can, in my mind's eye, I see entire ranges of... Um, Pandits looking aghast at me. What do you mean they say the same thing? <laughs> In principle, as far as this is concerned. And if you don't talk about God at all, just talk about two realities, material and conscious, Prakriti and you, then you have Sankhya. You have Patanjali Yoga. All right. Now we move on. The next two verses, we will take them together. 
are beautiful verses and very encouraging, very powerful, but also radical. They, how do you face death? How does Ashtavakra face death? So we will do verses 9 and 10. Soaring, sublime, it also can be scary. Gune samveshtito deha. Gune samveshtito deha. Tishthatyayati yati cha. Tishthatyayati yati cha. Atma naganta naganta. Atma naganta naganta. Kimenam anushochasi. Let us read the translation. The body composed of the ingredients of nature comes, stays and goes. The self neither comes nor goes. Why then do you mourn it? What does Byron say? The body is confined by its natural properties. It comes. It lingers a while. It goes. But the self neither comes nor goes. So why grieve for the body? Then the next one. Dehas tishthatukalpantam gachat Dehas tishthatukalpantam Dehas tishthatukal pantam Gachatvadyeva vapunaha Gachatvadyeva vapunaha Kvavriddhi kvachavahani Kvavriddhi kvachavahani Tava chinmatra rupinaha Tava chinmatra rupinaha let the body last to the end of the kalpa, the cycle. Or let it go on even today. Let it go even today. Where is there any increase or decrease in you who are pure intelligence? Let us see what Bairam says now. If the body lasted till the end of time, or vanished today, what would you win or lose? You are pure awareness. Hmm? Nicely said. If the body lasted till the end of time or vanished today, what would you win or lose? Your pure awareness. Gune samveshtito dehaha. The body is made of prakriti, of nature, of maya. What is maya made of? Sattva rajastamas. And the products. Products? Sky and air and fire and water and earth. The, the elements of the periodic table, they go to make this body. Whatever is compounded, Bhagavan Buddha, 2500 years ago, all that is compounded will perish. That which has been put together will fall apart. All compounded things decay. Well, okay, finally, if they decay, no problem. Right now, as long as it doesn't decay right now, it is decaying all the time. It is falling apart all the time. It is changing continuously. 
anityam anityam sarvam anityam impermanent impermanent indeed all is impermanent kshanikam kshanikam sarvam kshanikam momentary momentary indeed all is momentary shunyam shunyam sarvam shunyam empty empty indeed all is empty the buddha says thus see all of creation the entire universe including your own body your own thoughts personality all of it as a flash of lightning in the uh, in a uh, clouded sky a flash of lightning as a bubble as a dew drop on the lotus leaf just now it'll fall or he says as a bubble in a fast moving stream uh, flash of lightning in the sky as a bubble in a fast moving stream as a phantom in the night thus seeing realize o bhikshu realize o monk dukkham dukkham sarvam dukkham sorrow sorrow all is sorrow they say for the for the thinking person for the sensitive person all is sorrow so for those who do not think there are problems and sorrows which i have to avoid and there are many nice things which i can chase so swami tapasyanji it seems used to say that buddhism is a serious religion it doesn't begin for you also until you accept the first noble truth everything here is sorrow <laughs> talk about raining on your parade <laughs> everything here is sorrow if you think about it then everything here is sorrow sorrow not because uh, it, it sorrow because of the very structure of this universe because it changes it is subject to continuous change why should change be sorrow changes can be fun also the problem is our fun our happiness our satisfaction if you it depends on a certain setup i want my health to be like this i want my looks to be like this i want my bank balance to be like this i want people to behave with me in this particular way and i want certain goals which i am moving towards achieving and certain nice memories to look behind and all of this is a perfect setup and it should continue now you must see to come to this perfect setup in a world which is whirling mass of change it may come to the perfect setup which you like it may fall into place but because it is changing next moment you change your perfect setup change then upset set up not to our liking then we become upset and if it's continuously subject to change then most of the time we are going to be upset there are only one or two setups which we like and everything else we don't like not only that death is there the final falling apart of this physical body so gunai samveshtito deha tishthati ayati yati cha it comes it stays for some time and then it goes inevitably you cannot stop it nobody ever can stop it you may be the most fully realized non dual uh, brahman ever you can't stop the body from disappearing this is the very nature of the body now he says but you awareness in which this entire drama unfolds you neither come nor go naganta naganta you are not something that goes away not something that comes there was never a time when you were not there there will never be a time when you will not be there 
as existence, as consciousness, you are immortal. As body, continuously dying, all the time dying. Kimena Manushochasi, why do you grieve? Why do you grieve? One, I still remember one of our monks who taught us when we were novices. He says, it's like, remember, it is in Calcutta, hot and humid. So if I put an ice cube on the table here, we were already melting. So he says, if I put an ice cube, the ice cube is going to melt. I mean, all the monks starting, we were sitting there in the class, we felt we were melting, it was so hot. If you put an ice cube, it's going to melt. And if you put the ice cube, it's melting and you start um, wailing. Oh, why is it melting? Oh, alas, the tragedy of it all. It's like that, weeping for the body. So are we dismissing death? Are we being, are we trivializing death? Some people might say you are, um, you're, you're trivializing, trivializing such a great tragedy. No, Advaita Vedanta does not trivialize, just tells you the truth the way it is. Are you denying death altogether? Not at all. It is true that it is very sad also in this sense that that person whom we loved, liked, lived with, that person is truly gone. As pure consciousness, as the Atman, it's there. As the, even the Jivatman is there. But the Jivatman is not equal to the person. It was this person in this life, some other person in another life. In a future life, it will be another person. So if you say, no, I love this person, Father, mother, grandmother, grandfather. So this person I love so much. That person is truly gone. In that sense, death is real. It's done and gone forever. But something deeper and higher was always there, is there. Not only that, that beloved person whom you have lost, the deepest reality of that, that person, really who that person is, and really who you are, are one and the same reality. You're always one with them. You can say, that sounds very abstract, philosophy. not at all. That's very real. That's the reality. Hmm. Sri Ramakrishna's example is there, that uh, um, his beloved nephew, Akshay, when he died, Sri Ramakrishna was standing, the boy, a young boy, dying of uh, uh, illness. Others were wailing, and he, Sri Ramakrishna was in an ecstatic mood, standing and watching the scene and smiling. They thought he was cruel. How can you smile at this point? And later he explained, I saw that nothing has happened. It's like a sword being taken out of its scabbard. You know, sword is kept and is taken out. So the, the sentient being, the Jivatma, who's this boy, he's leaving this body. He's still there. But the next moment, when he came down from the state, he wept bitterly. He said, I felt the loss of the boy so keenly. It was like a towel, a wet towel. In India, when you take a bath, you wipe yourself, and then you wring that towel, wring it dry. It was like my heart was of this towel, which was being wrung dry inside. There's so much pain and sorrow for the loss of this boy. So there's the avatar who shows the entire range. It was entirely like um, the Everest, or a high Himalayan peak, absolutely unaffected, towering over every one of us. It's not much use for us. It might be very inspiring. But if he feels the same pain that we feel, the same sorrow and loss we feel, and then he shows how one can transcend it, then it's useful for us. He's a bridge between the finite and the infinite. That is avatar. Totapuri wouldn't feel that, that pain. That, he would say, why are you crying? It's just the body is gone. But that's the, 
for the person who is in, in samsara uh, feels keenly the loss of uh, beloved ones this is an important message for this time is a time of great trial suffering and loss in the last one and a half years i was just reading today um, we are seeing the sharpest um, rise in mortality rates since world war 2 because of the covid and this is an all worldwide is sorrow loss death everybody faces every family faces but we face it separately in our own private worlds of grief and the world goes on but in times of something like this like a pandemic it's almost the whole of human civilization faces it together so we realize the universal truth of death of loss of suffering what the buddha had said simple but powerful truth 2500 years ago all compounded things decay the buddhist monks they do this wonderful sand mandala have you seen very intricate art they make it takes a lot of concentration for a period of i think 7 or 9 days they do it and that depicts the cosmos not just the physical cosmos the spiritual cosmos also all the deities and the powers and shaktis and then one day they will sweep it all aside you might think so much hard work went into it well that is the nature that is the lesson it will all be swept aside and again something will come back nature will produce every year we are having going to have fall soon all this luxurious foliage will will turn red and brown and gold and and then fall and again it will come next year then he says next one dehastishthatu kalpantam gachchatva dyeva va punaha this is the attitude of the um of the of the gyani let the body remain for till the end of the ages till the end of the eons kalpa or more reasonably let it remain for 100 years 120 years whatever we see in this life let it remain i have no problem or let it die today we'll get scared no 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 not today give me a few years no let it die today today by the end of today but this body will go what happens he says completely unperturbed you are completely unperturbed he says chin matra rupina consciousness only your consciousness only in you appeared a body a baby a child then a teenager then a young person middle aged person and um, old person then a dead body you are the same unchanged consciousness you are not a baby consciousness or a young consciousness or an old consciousness chin matra consciousness only you are not consciousness plus body not even a body with consciousness your consciousness in which a body appeared appeared consciousness never became a body let a movie play on the screen screen is not affected thereby let the movie stop screen is not affected thereby and tomorrow in the morning let the show resume again the screen is not affected thereby he says now kovriddhi kvachavahani if the body remains for a hundred years what have you gained what how are you more than you were you are pure consciousness can you be more the ocean if huge waves come up in the ocean has the ocean become more it's the same water now it's in a wave if the wave subside 
as the ocean become less glorious it's the same water you are the ocean the same ocean the same consciousness not one bit more not one bit less whether the body is there or not there let hundreds of bodies come and go they are coming and going anyway completely unmoved you are this mass endless mass of consciousness you are not you do not gain by the uh, arising of a body by the health of the body you do not lose by the sickness of the body old age of the body even death of the body you are not reduced that much also kovriddhi kovahani where is your gain where is your loss now moving to 11th verse ಉದೇತುಸ್ತಮಾಕ್ಷತಿ in you who are the infinite ocean not a watery ocean so but swami that's what it means we are mostly made of water we learned in physics and <laughs> biology no not a watery ocean you are the ocean of existence consciousness you in the, you who are the infinite ocean let the waves of the universe rise or fall according to their own nature what is their own nature of the waves law of karma causality that means no gain or loss to you when the waves are more as the ocean become more not at all even the greatest of tsunami waves has the ocean increased a little bit no all of that water is the ocean's water it just looks different lot of activity is going on now when all of it subsides has the ocean become less no it's the same water it has not increased in quantity or decreased in quantity similarly in you the infinite ocean of existence consciousness the universe vishwavichi the waves of the universe arise by their own nature what is their own nature causality cause and effect makes these waves move they arise they play around and they disappear he says nate vriddhi navakshati you neither gain nor do you lose anything this ocean metaphor is used again and again in the ashtavakra he loves the ocean metaphor um yesterday we did some is another one mayananta maham bhodau aascharyam jeeva vichaya udyanti gnanti khelanti pravishanti swabhavata in me the infinite ocean of existence and consciousness how wonderful are these sentient beings these jivas they are like little waves who arise in me i am the ocean in which all beings are like waves including this being they are like waves who arise in me individuality mind body birth growth they arise in me what do they do udyanti uh, they arise they are born kelanti they play gnanti they fight pravishanti they die and disappear back into me swabhavata by their own nature 
by their past law of karma they are coming and going ashcharyam how wonderful these uh, these little creatures are <laughs> i remember when this verse was being done we were studying ashtavakra with this teacher in the himalayas uh, he was teaching in hindi he was a punjabi monk so uh, he he had this humor sense of humor he was a huge man towering over all of us he was saying ascharyam jeeva vichaya how strange are these beings who arise in this ocean of existence consciousness place what are they why are they strange um khelanti they play with each other he's showing like this you know he's showing like this love love then gnanti uh, they fight with each other divorce 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 <laughs> and then ultimately what happens what's the common end of all of them pravishanti they disappear back into the unmanifest where they had all arisen from what a drama <laughs> if you are one of those creatures it's not a drama it's a tragedy <laughs> it's terrible you will be <laughs> ground down by the machine of this universe but if you are the consciousness place existence place in which this whole game is appearing if you are the screen of the movie if you are the dreamer of the dream huh, you're fine and ashtavakra is telling you that you are that stay there know that you are that that will help you that knowledge itself will help you when the ups and downs come in the midst of the ups and downs the advaita is not for wiping out the experience of the universe you need not switch off the movie once you realize a movie it's a movie you need not switch it off even the worst of tragedies does not affect the screen in the even the most um, you know feel good of movies doesn't make the screen any better the screen neither gains nor loses anything by the movie the screen is not affected by the movie does the screen do you say to the screen uh, you know that was a really hard movie to watch i'm very sorry we played it on you uh, are you all right are you okay the screen is fine play it as many times as you want without the movie screen is still the same at night when the, all the movies are switched off in mahapralaya when the worlds disappear the universe is not there anymore and we want to switch up the scenes yeah yeah in mahapralaya when the universe disappears there are no worlds the jeevas we sentient beings are not there anymore everything disappears who is there at the end of the universe according to in vedanta is ishvara and maya ishvara with the power of of course ishvara means maya is there the power of maya where is the universe it's not gone it's gone back to the uh, potential state the seed state where are the seeds in maya where are we in maya in our seed state potential state. what is the seed state it's like what we have in deep sleep it's just a longer deep sleep millions of years maybe who knows timelessness uh, but nothing is gone at one time again ishwara will project forth the universe big bang or big bangs multiple universes will projected forth and planets will evolve life will evolve and the bodies will evolve and then he will send forth collect from maya the the seeds and send us forth again those sentient beings who have not yet uh, attained enlightenment they will get another crack at it another chance at it new universe and we will have many more lives to lead, lead until we get enlightenment 
those who are enlightened they are no longer in that seed from the seed itself is the agnana the, the seed of maya that is gone so they are never born again they remain in one with brahman you 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 become or you realize you are the infinite but until that time the cycle will continue nothing is lost our past karma also will be there in the seed form just the game will stop when the universe is not there because the playground is not there you can't play when the playground is underwater when everything is fine again and the universe has been recreated second another cycle this is the vedantic idea you are sent forth to play again until your play is done yesterday we were reading the self in all uh, and the all in the self swami vivekananda says and the all has I, the i has all become and the all is i and bliss no more is birth no more is death no more is the soul nor god he says nor man nor god the i has all become the all is i and bliss know thou art that say om tat sat om when will that happen it can happen right now that's what is ashtavakra's message what is the distance between a character in the movie and the screen what is no distance little bit the character in the movie will say i understand your whole screen theory but i have to do certain practices to become the screen and a little journey is left i'm almost there what is the distance between the wave in that lake and the water of the lake what is the dis distance between the table and the wood constituting the table there is a distance what is that distance ignorance ignorance the distance is stupidity one swami in uttarakhand he said this word he said bevkufi matra when you say maya a cosmic ignorance all sounds well that sounds pretty tough he says it's stupidity it's bevkufi matra is foolishness alone that is the only difference between you and the absolute reality brahma yes question is when you say the universe and everything including the body including the thoughts as an appearance in consciousness how should i understand that should understand it as just as look at your experience understand it as a dream the people you saw in a dream their appearances in your mind they actually were not there and the movie there there are no people there are no no cars and cities and buildings but they are all appearances how do you apply to the waking state notice what is the difference here what was uh, screen and movie and easy to understand dreamer and uh, the contents of the dream also easy to understand you understand that whatever is in the screen is an appearance it's not really that there are people there cars and, and cities there no whatever is there in the in the dream is also an appearance so it seems very real but when i come out of it it's an appearance and it's nothing other than i the dreamer similarly here in consciousness everything that we experience the the claim is it's an appearance in consciousness we so advaita would say what else could it be you say no no it's not an appearance 
there is a person there there is a chair there and the person is sitting on the chair it's quite apart from my consciousness that is our point it is external to my consciousness it exists by itself or the buddhist would say it exists from its own side by itself it exists i have nothing to do with it i can come and experience it yes i when i experience it i experience it in my consciousness but there is a reality outside um gaudapada would say isn't it exactly the same in a dream when you go in a dream when you're in a dream doesn't it feel i'm talking to my friend and my friend is outside me i'm taking a cup of coffee the coffee is outside me now i put it inside me and when i wake up what would it be like i friend coffee <clears throat> everything was an appearance and it was in my mind well, isn't that so how uh, is it different here because we think it's outside in the dream also we thought it was outside and all right that's an argument but in dream it was not really outside we woke up and we realized it was in the dream but here we uh, we are not waking up from this it still feels outside all right consider it this um um table it's there you how do you know it's outside i see it but what is seeing you'll see it as a shape a color a certain size a certain distance the distance color shape structure what you are seeing is it anything apart from that perception of seeing what i'm saying is you say yeah i'm seeing it but there is a table outside are you having two pieces of information are you experiencing two pieces of information one is seeing the gap and the uh, shape and the color of the table this is exactly what you are seeing and also another piece of information something called outside and there it is are you seeing that no follow this carefully when you see the table as if outside all that there that is there is seeing itself this table color shape is nothing other than the information you have got is the seeing itself the perception itself and the perception is if you look at it closely attend to the perception now drop the idea of something apart from the perception being there that's a notion i have got but there's no direct evidence of that in my experience i'm not experiencing an external table what am i experiencing if i'm careful to that experiencing i will say i'm experiencing seeing a table and if i break it down further i'm experiencing a color a shape a certain distance certain characteristics but they are all within my seeing within seeing now look attend to the seeing itself notice the entirety of the seeing is in the mind i am there is no part in this where i have direct experience of uh, eyes and the optic nerves and electrical in the, the image formed in the retina and the little electrical bursts going along the optic nerves to the brain centers none of that all that i've read but my experience is only of the seeing and the seeing is entirely mental for me the light the eyes the entire inside the neurological system of seeing none of that is in my experience actually in my this experience of seeing is just seeing and it's seeing in the mind <clears throat> mind it is mind internal but go further 
attend to the mind. In the mind, whatever I'm experiencing, like seeing a table, not one bit of it is other than awareness. In awareness arises this vritti, this modification of the mind, seeing table. So now we see the steps you've gone from a notion of an external independent reality existing outside me. I say that if I'm true to my experience, it is the experience of seeing. Step one. I'll come to you. Step two, I see that seeing is entirely mental, actually. Even the idea of a body, eyes, all of this is mental, actually, in the mind. Step three, whatever is in the, in the mind is shining in consciousness, is revealed in consciousness. Do I have any notion of anything mental which is beyond the edge of consciousness? Here is my consciousness up to this, and beyond this is mind. No? I see everything in the mind. I see the mind in consciousness. Whatever is in consciousness must be pervaded through and through by consciousness. It is consciousness alone. It is internal to me. And internally also, it doesn't exist like a um, you know, table and a book on the table. It is nothing but that. When I say table is internal to the wood, it's not that there is wood and in that there is one table. It is this consciousness alone, which appears as mind, mind, and the perceptions, and then an externalized notion of a world out there. In dream, it's the same thing. In waking, also, it's the same thing. Do you have a question? <clears throat> anything. Yes, he says, she says that without consciousness, you cannot experience anything. Yes. Wait, wait, wait for that. Huh? Yes. So does that mean? Appearances do not exist. In uh, the abstract. Let me stop you carefully. Outside appearances. Appearance outside, both are in consciousness. Are they not? Yes. What is the notion of outside inside? Outside the body. But body and outside the body, do, do they not both appear in your consciousness? Yes. Yes. Now think about outside the consciousness. What is outside consciousness? <laughs> Nothing. Ah, very good. Very good. What is outside consciousness? Nothing. What is this consciousness relationship between you and this consciousness? No relationship. You are that. Outside you, what is there? Nothing. Everything that you experience in life is in you, the awareness. And actually, it is not in you, the awareness. In consciousness, can a table exist in consciousness? No. If there's a physical table outside, even that physical table cannot come into your eyes. You have to call 911. <laughs> eyes can receive only light. This is our understanding. And the mind can receive only thoughts. Even optical impulses, brain signals cannot come into the mind. True or not? So mind can receive, there can be only thoughts in the mind. And the mind appears in consciousness. In consciousness, what can there be? Only consciousness. So we are reduced to this ama amazing position. Whatever we are experiencing, whoever we are experiencing and time and space and all of that, matter and energy, is nothing but consciousness. 
you the consciousness tatvamasi how do you do this it's a good question that you asked so here is the technique have you seen this in pujas you do phat 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 first phat is a is a bija mantra so phat you reduce this notion of external world into perceptions you notice that our in my experience there are only perceptions apart from perceptions there is no possibility of knowing an external world at this point bill bill conrad he said stop i can put a camera this camera and we can all leave the room then come back and see and in the camera the picture of the room the room will be there even without our consciousness we are all out there but i said ah bill but in your consciousness you decided to set up the experiment in your consciousness everybody left the room and in your consciousness there was an empty room in your consciousness you come back and check the camera in your consciousness camera shows you an empty room is that true or not he said that's right what i said yesterday both known and unknown are appearances in consciousness the first thing is reduce everything reduce means notice everything that you know in life or you experience directly experience in life there are many things you know which are not um, sense perceptions you read them they are mental we'll come to that but before that everything that you experience uh, is sense perception so part but all the sense perceptions like the tables is which is seeing only is mental subtle part the second one and what is a mental uh, appears in the mind is nothing other than consciousness the causal level you make three levels stula sukshma karana you dissolve the stula into perceptions only perceptions into mind only mind only into consciousness only this is the transition between gross to subtle but subtle to uh, causal but causal to consciousness only but what do you do this with with anything that you uh, uh, encounter in life do it mentally to in the front of an annoying person don't do but but thus i dissolve you into consciousness he'll probably punch you on the nose if you do it good good question now last one we'll do 12th and then then we'll take a few questions 12th tata chinmatra rupasti tata chinmatra rupasti sorry tata chinmatra rupasi tata chinmatra rupasi na te bhinnam idam jagat नते भिन्नम इदम जगत अत कस्य कथम कुत्र अत कस्य कथम कुत्र हेयोपादेय कल्पना हेयोपादेय कल्पना माय चाइल्ड यू आर प्योर इंटेलिजेंस इटसेल्फ सो सी द वर्ड्स दे यूज डोंट गेट कंफ्यूज्ड स्वामी विवेकानंद सेज नॉलेज इटसेल्फ ही मींस कॉन्शियसनेस अवेयरनेस here the translation is your pure intelligence means pure consciousness awareness 
Ata Kasya. Okay, my child, your pure intelligence itself. This universe is nothing different from you. Very important point. What we are doing just now. What she asked was, how is this not different? This is external to me. By this process of analysis, we see what seems to be external to me. If we carefully track in our experience, it is in our experience, not separable from our experience, nothing but awareness. Therefore, how and where can anyone have the idea of acceptance and rejection? What follows from this? See, first of all, chinmatra ruposi, you are pure consciousness. Oh child, you are pure consciousness. How do I know this? Apply all the techniques you have learned in Vedanta in so many years. Any one of them. Uh, here is the body. I thought I'm the body. Start with that. I'm not going, to, going into all of that. We have done it so many times. For certain reasons, I am not the body. I am changeless. The body is changeful. Nitya, Savikara, Nirvikara. I am the witness. The body is the witnessed. Drashta and Drishya. I am aware. The body is an object in my awareness. Chit, Jada. For all these reasons, I am not the body. Similarly, subtler, more inwards. Anyuantara, Atma, Pranamayaha. More inwards you go. Breath, the subtle body. Am I that? For the same reasons. Savikara, Nirvikara, Jashta, Drishya, Chidjada. Not the subtle body also. It's an object. Go deeper, the mind. I am Manomaya. I am not even that. Go deeper, the intellect, which is doing all this. I am not even that. Go deeper, blank. The causal state experienced in deep sleep or Samadhi. That's also experienced. It's an object. I am not even that. And I am the witness of all of these. In Sanskrit, Panchakosha Vilakshana Atma, Panchakosha Sakshi Atma, different from the five sheets, the witness of the five sheets, I am pure consciousness. Same thing, waking, dreaming, deep sleep. I am the fourth pure consciousness, the witness of these three states of waking, dreaming, deep sleep, which rotate before me day and night. Drik Drishya Viveka. I am pure consciousness, witness of the mind, of the senses, of the external world. This is pure consciousness. Good. Now what do I have? I am pure consciousness. And the rest, external world, physical body, vital body, mind, intellect, all of them are nature. I label them all Prakriti. Two things. I and this. It's not very difficult to arrive at. Then he says, but this is not outside you. Nate bhinnam midam jagat. The universe which you separated yourself from. I am pure consciousness. This is the universe. Whatever is this is not I. Anidam chaitanyam. Not this. Neti, neti, neti. I am the pure consciousness which cannot be denied. But all that you denied by neti, neti, that is also not different from you. What we did just now, reduce it all back. Hmm? Reduce it all back to yourself. Don't go around the world doing that. <laughs> but you might have noticed it in puja as it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Many people don't know the meaning of it. Yeah. But. But. Huh? Buddhism. Tibetan Buddhists, they use this. 
any problem, he says, you reduce it. Reduce it from, first of all, it's a perception. Our real problem is outside that guy, annoying guy, outside neighbor. But outside neighbor, annoying guy, whole thing is something that you are seeing and hearing. Perception. But what you are seeing and hearing is nothing but a thought in the mind. How can a thought in my mind be an annoying guy? It's a thought. And the thought in the mind is nothing apart from me, the endless, limitless ocean of awareness. The last part. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You have to... Take this advice from Atman. The intelligent reason is confused in term of life because people, ordinary people, cannot reflect borrowing money, a mind to reflect that pure consciousness in any action because the All ordinary right. people I, do not understand, I understand what is your Wait. mind yeah. is saying because it is highly intelligent. Reason. Yes. Thank you. Uh, what I mean is, first of all, forget ordinary people. There is no ordinary, extraordinary here. You are. No, all of us. We are the Atman. You are extraordinary. So all of this, Shraddha, it should be possible for all of us. All right. Then, therefore, Ata Kasya Katham Kuto Kutra Kalpana. If this entire universe is not different from me, Hey, Upadeya. Upadeya, to be gained. I want money. I want friends. I want likes on Facebook. I want selfies. All of this. Upadeya. Hey, I want to get rid of annoying people. I want to get rid of COVID. I want to get rid of this and that. Uh, all of that. This is all objective. Idam jagat. Something is nice. Something is bad. But we just realized all of it is nothing but me. Where will you get rid of this? Getting rid of it means what? I'm going to separate this from myself. But here and there, both are in you. Where will you separate it? If you toss away something in, in your dream, it still remains within you. <laughs> ah. And nothing can be tossed away that way. And even in the world of causality, it will follow you. Karma. <laughs> it will come in another form. Achha. Where will you toss it away? Because everywhere is within you. Then he says, Katam, how will you toss it away? Because it is you. Can I toss myself away? Can I get rid of myself? No. Can I get myself? Can I attain myself? No. What that means is, you are sitting in the chair. What do you have to do? Suppose I say, yeah, what do you have to do to get to the lake? You can tell me. Get up from here, go out by that door, walk down that, you will get to the lake. But suppose I ask you, what do you have to do to sit in that chair? Where do you have to go to sit in that chair? Nothing. What journey do you have to accomplish to get to that chair? Nothing. In fact, if you try to do anything, you'll go away from the chair. Then the only possible journey there is to remove the ignorance, the idea that I am not in the chair. That has to be removed. I say, you know what spiritual life is like from Ashtabhakra's perspective. I gave the example once. We were in Vedanta Society in New York. I said, suppose you ask me, how do I get to Vedanta Society of New York? I say, you are there already. And if you're not convinced, no. Uh, how can I be there already? 
people talk about so much long journey subway or or the search for parking i did not experience any of that how could i have reached vedanta society so if you have all these doubts about not reaching vedanta society if you re- if you really insist on a journey then i will tell you all right then get up go to that door open that door go outside then walk down the road go down go up 71st street take a left turn and then go to the walk keep walking you will see 70th street then take a left turn and then go walk down you will see central park west take a left turn you will go follow these instructions carefully and then we will finally come take a left turn again 71st street you will walk down you will see 34 west 71st street enter and come and sit down here you will have arrived at vedanta society of new york please stand here and all of that journey of accomplished to get to where you were in the first place that is spiritual practice hey, i don't need it very good but if you don't need it then you are not allowed to complain anymore there should should be no problem anymore if there is a problem then you need that practice to see that you are brahman all right uh, let me just read out hold on what byram said to this the final verse child you are pure awareness nothing less chin matra nothing less nothing more you and the world are one so who are you to think you can hold on to it or let it go how could you <laughs> i will be um uh, rich and famous i have to get all these things then only i'll be happy wrong i have to give up everything i'm all renouncing monk sitting in the highest himalayas then i will be brahman wrong again he who runs away from the world vivekananda he who runs away from the world and uh, uh, to meditate and die in a himalayan cave uh, thinking that and searching for god he has missed the way vivekananda says he who plunges immediately then says, i am all right then i haven't run away to the himalayan cave says he who plunges into the foolishness and the vanities of the world he too has missed the way then what is there either, either you accept this or you reject this what else is there so no the way then what is the way the way is to defy the world to see god in everything and everyone that you are with in every action every person everywhere you see the divine the divinity then you have god here you have god in the himalayas also yes mm, if you follow ashtavakra you can get it right now if you're feeling that no it's not happening then do spiritual practices yes all right what's the question uh, pranam maharaj uh, you mentioned this method of dealing with an object or an happening in real world the method of phat 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 to reduce it into an object of sensory perceptions then of the mind and then ultimately dissolve it in a causal uh, way and the example was of generally an annoying situation or a person or whatever how do you avoid the danger of an unintended consequence of practicing this method of the mind reversing it to suit it to oneself uh, thinking that you know it doesn't matter whether i 
am a person that causes annoying situations because ultimately I will rely on the others to do part, part, part and get rid of it. Well, it's a complicated way of putting it. But then I will not uh, do that for anybody else if I have realized that I am Brahman. When does a person um, create problems for others, for himself, herself, and for others? It's only when we are identified with this particular body and mind, and for us, there are others. Yeah. Imagine from the perspective of a person who feels, I am one with the world. The only kind of feeling this person for, will have for others will be one of love, will be one of reverence. You know, uh, one monk said, one brahmachari asked in our monastery, so how should we, uh, what relation do I have with my fellow brahmacharis, other monks, uh, young monks and all. So the senior monk, he gave beautiful advice, I still remember. The relationship you have with your guru, that is the best relationship you have in the world. The most sacred, the most solemn, the most, you try to keep it the most pure. You have the same relationship with everybody else in the world. At least try. But that person will be very careful of not uh, creating trouble for others, not annoying. When we create trouble for others, when we are annoying, it's often either carelessness or a kind of don't care attitude about others that always comes from ego. And the ego is body-centric. I am this person. If I have a sense of oneness with others, I'll never do that. Even if, an interesting thing, even if you are annoying to others, if you have the sense of oneness, that sense of not the body, not the mind, I am the witness consciousness, or in a devotional sense, a very strong sense of the presence of the divine within you. And you end up annoying others. You can, people can get offended, even if you don't intend to. You end up offending others. They will also not feel all that bad. They will sense at some level you are their well-wisher. At some level, they'll sense the holiness in you. I remember one of the Swamis long ago, um, in the early 20th century here in America. He said something sharply scolded this American lady who snapped back, back at him. Swami, if anybody else had ever behaved like this with me, I would never see his face again. But I know you are a holy man. That's why I keep coming back. You sense it. And the opposite is also true. It could be a very refined person, wonderful behavior, very sweet, very courteous. You may like it, but you may not feel that, that depth, that spiritual um, you know, uh, radiance in that person. You may feel, I've seen this. I'm comfortable um, with the scoldings of this holy man. And the praise of this other worldly person makes me uncomfortable. That we all feel that. You all feel that. So the main thing is to be centered. I am Atman or take the other attitude. It's, if it's difficult, the Lord, I'm always conscious of the presence of God inside, outside. Both will work. Okay. Let's take an, a, a question at least from the virtual audience. So 
Swamiji, this is a request for clarification on the 10th verse. The verse, Tavachin Matra Rupina. All the translations seem to ignore the word Rupina. Does the word here mean a form of consciousness? Hmm. No, not form of consciousness. Consciousness itself is formless. So Chinmatra Rupina is just a figure of language. It meets, means Chinmatra. What is your nature? Of what form are you? Your form is formlessness. What is your nature? Your nature is consciousness. Chin matra rupina, consciousness only. Yeah. This a question here, Shekhar. We'll end with this because we have run out of time. Pranam Swamiji. Yes. First of all, thank you so much for all the wonderful teachings these past four days. I'm sure everybody agrees that they have been very spiritually rewarding and inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. And speaking, you know, thinking of uh, the theme of the retreat, uh, my question is, is it fair to say that bhakti is uh, predominantly the function of heart and Advaita Gnana is predominantly the function of mind? Mm -hmm. uh, if so, I was wondering you know, how much of a role heart plays in the Advaita Gnana? Thank you. <laughs> it's a good question. A monk whom I respect very much once told me, you know, you think that Advaita is uh, a function of the intellect. That is, non-duality is understood by the intellect. No, non-duality is understood by the heart. Look at this book. Not the intellect of awareness, the heart of awareness, not the mind of awareness, the heart of awareness. Yes. That oneness is uh, uh, easily grasped and put into practice by the heart. And of course, devotion is of the heart also. Um, but if you read the texts, Upanishads and the post-Shankara texts, the importance of a subtle intellect is there. Sukshma buddhi, a subtle way of seeing. So this way of seeing, the subtle way of seeing, seeing means understanding, it must be cultivated. Our way of seeing is still so gross. Gross means physical. That's why Advaita seems difficult. The more we cultivate a subtler way of seeing things, instead of seeing the effect, try to see the cause. When you begin to see the cause, try to see what's beyond the cause. The reality beyond the cause. Yeah. So heart and intellect both. A subtle intellect, Swami Bhuteshanji used to say, Shuddha buddhi, Shukha buddhina. Subtle intellect here does not mean a high IQ. There are people with high IQs who have no belief in God, who have, who do, when you say, oh, they are, I have belief in God, just go and teach them Advaita, they won't get it. It's very interesting. Very sharp intellect, they won't get it. I face this. If it was so easy, then the, there's so many sharp minds, they would have all become non-dualists. It's not, it's, it's a subtle mind, but it means subtle in the sense of purified mind. The purified mind gets it. I have seen myself, uh, monks in our monastery who are very simple, who, who don't cultivate so much philosophy, who don't keep reading uh, non-dualism, Eastern Western philosophy and science. and They don't do that. They have a simple devotion to Thakur. But when I talk to them, I discuss, sometimes I talk about some of these issues. They grasp it just like that. It seems true to them. 
It seems obvious to them. So what is the difference? A, a subtle philosopher is still uh, reluctant about accepting this. The logic, I've, I've talked to a very sharp, this lady was in a plane next to me. Uh, she said, so tell me about, you're obviously a man of religion, so tell me about your belief system. Explain Advaita. She was a, um, a neuroscientist going for a conference. Very sharp person. She understood all of it. So there's a very quick on the uptake. She understood all of it. And she said, at the end of it, I can't find any fault in what you are saying, but I don't believe it. Good. Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Ram Krishna Rupanamastu. The end of the retreat, we give a jai. Jai Shri Guru Maharaj Ji Ki Jai. Jai Mahamai Ki Jai. Jai Swami Ji Maharaj Ji Ki Jai.